Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Coriel Kramer with us has been connecting and speaking with animals since she was a child. Just like humans, animals have very distinct personality types. Coriel has identified six animal dynamics, we'll talk about them, which have redefined and transformed the art of animal communication. She is a gifted animal communicator, a descendant of several Native American Indian tribes. She works with all kinds of animals, from cats, dogs, horses, birds, reptiles, goats, even wildlife. And Coriel has helped clients across the United States and in more than 20 countries coping with uh, their animals that have deceased and also communications. Coriel, welcome to the program. Looking forward to this. Hi, George. Thanks for having me on. Let's go back to the days of your childhood. How did this start? Well, my earliest memory that I have was when I was about three or four years old. Um, I was with my mom, and she had stopped to talk. We were walking on the street, and she had stopped to talk to a neighbor. And all of a sudden, I heard this voice in my head, and it said, please pet me. And I was like, I mean, I was a little kid, so I really wasn't understanding the whole thing. But I turned around, and I followed the voice in my head, mm-hmm. and there was this huge Rottweiler that was, um, uh, his leash was tied to a tree. And I go over to him, and I say, what? And he said, again, he looked me dead in the eye, and he said, please pet me. And I did. I mean, this this dog must have been, I don't know, 75 pounds. I mean, he looked huge. Right, and you didn't lose a finger doing it, right? (laughs) Yeah. But I decided I'm just going to go with it. I felt like he really wanted me to do this, and he did. I started petting him. I was rubbing his belly. He was having a great time. He was so happy. And then all of a sudden, I hear this man yelling behind me, get away from that dog. He's vicious. And he's the owner. And he goes and he grabs the dog and drags the dog away. But I just felt like he wasn't mean. He was just happy. He was just, he just wanted that, that connection. And that's when I started animal communication. My mother was really supportive. Um, Was, Was it genetic? Was it in the family? My mom had very, very strong intuition, and my grandmother also had really, really strong psychic abilities, but nobody really was talking to animals. I, was, I think I was the, the first one in the family that broached that little bridge. <laughs> now, why, why does Hollywood always make the Rottweiler dog the evil dog in all these movies? Oh. I know, and I, I have such a problem with that. That's one of my bugaboos, is the, the, the bad guy animals. The wolves are always bad. Um, the, the, the big dogs are always bad. You know, it's like the, the, pit, the pit bulls. The pit bulls are always bad. Oh, pit bulls, please. I love pit bulls. And they're just so misunderstood, but you're 100% right. It's like they, they portray this stuff, and I understand it's a movie, and we have to have fun and watching all the movies and stuff like that there, but still, it, it perpetuates this, this mindset of what I'm trying to change, of seeing animals as dumb, stupid, evil, bad, uh, you know, vicious. And I'm trying to really work on, on perpetuating a, a better outlook for, for people to see animals in a more uplifted, more positive way. I mean, there's, there's something special with an animal. Uh, in, in my career, uh, I travel a lot now, so I can't have a pet. But in my career, 
I've had dogs and Goldens and Labradors, and I had one cat with our family. And there's something very special between your family pet and yourself. And, I mean, there's a, there's a love there. There's an affection. Uh, I can't explain it, Coriel. Maybe you can, but, but it's real. Animals touch our hearts because they are pure, unconditional love. They are what I call Christ-like consciousness, which is, you know, unconditional, totally and completely accepting love. This is why they can, you know, give us this love constantly and this acceptance. And that's what anybody really wants, is to be loved and to be accepted for who they are and, and to be appreciated. And, and that's what the animals give to us. They're t- they touch our hearts in, in ways that very few things in this world do. So I believe you believe animals have souls. 110%, if that's even possible. <laughs> um, yes, animals have souls. Uh, animals have uh, consciousness. Animals are sentient beings. I have learned so much things, so many things from the animals um, that it's just something that I, I know 100% that animals are wise beings because I tell people all the time, the stuff I get and I've gotten from animals, I can't make that up. No. I mean, I've gotten so much information from the animals on things like star seeds and reincarnation and what happens when we die. And the list goes on and on and on. And I can't make it up because I don't have that much of imagination. I I can't tell you over the years how many people have called this program to talk about an animal that they have Mm -hmm. that has witnessed some kind of dead person or some kind of entity or something because it just like stares off into space or it knows something. And, uh, you know, some woman had called and said that, uh, you know, her one of her family members had passed on. But before she even knew about it. The, the animal was acting very strange in the bedroom, just kind of like looking around, but obviously at something. And uh, then she got a call that so-and-so had passed on, and she figured that entity tried to come back to communicate with her, but the animal senses that. How do they do this? Animals are very, very tapped in. They're like kids. Kids are very tapped in. Kids see things, and, and what happens is is that we usually you know, don't support that. So we we cut them off from that. Um, But animals are extremely tapped in. They see things, they see between the veils, they see the spirit world, they see, you know, uh, star children and star seeds, they see, you know, they see electricity, they see colors, they see vibrations. They're very, very, very tapped in. They are actually how we are supposed to be. We're supposed to be as tapped in as animals, but we lose that. We, we get into our minds, and we get into worry, and we get into fear, and we get into stress. And the animals can stay constantly in that stream, that flow of well-being. And that's how they see it. And I've had animals. My, my one cat, Sammy, he, he was with my mom the moment she died. Wow. He, he knew. He came from, he was outside. He came running inside and just, and we didn't know that she was going to transition. We thought she was, you know, going to be fine. We didn't realize this. And he came and he sat 
right on her chest and would not move. You could not get him off. And he knew. He knew exactly that when she was going to transition, and he wanted to be there for that. Aren't there some animals that can smell cancer in people? I have heard that, yeah. I've heard that animals can smell sickness. Um, they can smell diseasement in the body. Um, and they can let you know when, when, you know, when things are not right, you know, usually they'll act like "Mm, they want to really, really be with you. I mean, more than usual, or they'll lay on a certain part of the body. I've heard them do that. Um, I think this is also why, one of the reasons why people love having animals in like elder care facilities, like cats and dogs, because it gives comfort to these people when they're, when they might be transitioning, and these animals have been known to go and find whoever it is that is about to transition and lay with them the moment that they trans- they transition or they die. I, I use the word transition because I don't believe in death. <laughs> I don't think that there is a death. I think it's just energy shifting from one place to another. Good point. Corey L. Kramer with us. We're talking about animal communications. You have uncovered what you call animal dynamics. What is that? So the animal dynamics are six. Right now, there's six of them. There might be more, but there are six personality archetypes. And what I found was was that I, I discovered these while I was working with, you know, with my clients' animals before I started doing the work that I do now. Um, I would connect to an animal's personality. The reason that I did this in every session was it would give that that person that knowledge that I have their animal because I would get their personality like that. Also, it would help to make my connection to them stronger. So what the archetypes are, are the, these are the essence of your animal. They are a way that you can do some incredible things. You can talk to your animal in a tone of voice that they really appreciate and like. You can use words and phrases that the dynamic really loves. You can buy toys for the dynamic personality. You can, because one, one animal dynamic is not quite the same as the other. So the dynamics, I'm using the dynamics now to deepen my client's relationship with their animals because I find out what their personalities are, and then I show them how to talk to their animal, how to touch their animal, how to use the right tone of voice for their animal, and the results have been absolutely amazing. Let's go through these six points. What are they? So the first one is the direct and demanding slash the guardian protector archetype. And each one has got a plus um, trait, plus traits, and minus traits. And when the animal's in a minus trait, sometimes it can cause negative or unwanted behaviors. So for the direct demanding, the guardian archetype, I think of like people like the rock would be a great direct and demanding archetype, okay, very protector. Mm -hmm. They they need to protect, they need to guard their caretakers to their core. Um, They're very bold personality, very in-your-face, not afraid to look you dead in the eye. Um, the most important trait for the direct and demanding is they want what they want when they want it, and they want it when they want it, <laughs> and they can be really demanding. They don't take no for an answer very well. This could be a dog or a cat? Go, 
dog, cat, gecko, uh, horse. I've had all different kinds of animals, goats. I've had all different kinds of animals who are the, the dynamics. Interesting. So, so that's, that's number one. one. Okay, what's number two? Number two is the energetic or the empathic archetype. So they, I like to, like I said, I like to, to give examples. So this would be like, if you ever watch Lord of the Rings, it would be Queen Galadriel. She's the queen of the fairies, so she's very empathic. She gets a sense for the way people feel, and she can talk to them telepathically. So the, the, the energetic is super sensitive to the energies of people, places, things, and situations. So what it is is that they can be very attracted to a person's energy. A person can walk into your home and an energetic animal would be right, right there with them if they love in their energy, you know. Um, they, they love feel-good energy. Now, this is only, these are only a small amount of the, the spectrums and the, the, the pluses and the minuses that I have. I have a lot more, but this is to give you an idea. So they love when you're fully present with them, but they don't not necessarily like to be touched a lot. The energetic mm. is, is very sensitive, like I said, to energy. So if you are coming home from work and you've got some ooky energy on you, your energetic animal might run away, or they might want to be on the other side of the room. They don't want to quite be with you. Sounds so, like you're describing people, too. Absolutely. These dynamics can also be used for people. I've used them with my clients and they, for their animals, and then they say, hey, wait a minute, this energetic sounds like me. Can I use this for me? And I'm like, absolutely. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. It can be used across the board. It also answers a lot of questions on why your animal acts the way they do and why you like the things you do and why you act the way you do. So that was two. Number three is? Number three is the rule breaker or the innovator archetype. So I think of this as uh, Thomas Edison, uh, Nicholas Tesla, Oprah Winfrey. Like the dictionary defines an innovator as someone who sees or builds something in new ways. Now, the rule breaker is a lot of fun. They're all a lot of fun, but the rule breaker is a lot of fun because they make you think outside the box. They don't like the usual toys. You know, they don't like the usual food. They might want you to mix up their food a, a little bit, not it serves them the same food all the time. Um, they're fearless. Uh, they're smart as all get out. So what I mean by that is, is that if you have a rule breaker animal, don't be surprised if it's like a, a dog that can open doors. I was going to just say that. He's a dog that can go through a doggy door and knows how to do it. Right, or can open a door itself, or with, can with his find paws. The treats in the cabinet. They're very, very smart, super, super smart. But they can be they can be a lot of work because they they make you think outside the box, and they want you to keep on, you know, uh, thinking outside the box. It can be a little. It, they can be very, very, you know, they need a lot of patience. Is what I'm trying to say. So they like excitement, they like thrills, they like new adventures. That's the rule breaker. Number four. Number four is the sensory or the pacifist archetype. People like Gandhi, Martin Luther King, 
the pacifist, I think the pacifist, the word pacifist has got a bad rap. Is this the kind of dog that you yell at and he rolls over on his back? Yes, but they're also not, they're also the the pacifists are they they love to snuggle in in nice soft soft things. They tend to they have a tendency to be overthinkers, so they think things out a little bit too much. So they can they can kind of be hesitant before they do new experiences. Um, they like to savor life. They really do. They, they'll take their time. You can't rush a sensory. If you try to rush a sensory, it's going to be, they're going to go running the other direction. So you want to understand that the pacifist is just the, the, the lover, not the fighter. So they're not going to be, they will fight if they're pushed, but that's as the last resort. Usually they'll use love as their as their go-to, and they're very, very, very sensitive to people trying to rush them, trying to pet them when they don't want to be petted. It's always a good idea with the sensory to kind of like put your hand out and let them let them indicate if they want to be um, petted or not by either licking your hand or sniffing your hand or something else like that. They're pushing their head on your hand. Don't rush them. You don't want to rush the sensory. And a lot of these animals will have several of these traits, won't they? Yeah. The beauty about the dynamics are you can have an animal, like the next case that I'm about to say, you can have an animal that's a little bit of every single dynamic. Or you can have an animal that has, like, a, uh, that might be a very strong, energetic sensory, or you might be an animal that's a direct and demanding sensory. So the great thing about it, okay, is they can be a myriad of different combinations. As many combinations as there are dynamics, they're, they're, it's, un, it's unending. It's endless. How about num- number five? Exciting. Number five. Number five. Number five is the shifter or the chameleon archetype. So think of people like oh, Robin Williams. Eddie Murphy, people that go in and out of different voices and different, mm-hmm. different, you know, stances and things like that. There, the shifter has so some plus spectrums. The shifter has a big, big personality because they're a little bit of all the dynamics rolled up into one. They can shift into one dynamic from one moment to another, so you never quite know what animal you're going to get. So that can be kind of exciting to some people. They love to play. They can play endlessly. This is like the dog that you throw the ball forever until your arm is like almost falling off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, They love variety. So you're going to want to really and truly work with them and talk with them and use words for them that taking from every little dynamic. Um, Because they can play endlessly, they may need a lot of time and exercise dedicated to them. So you've got to think about this when you're getting an animal. You can also use the dynamics to find the perfect animal for you. Some people, the shifter animal might be a little bit too much. You know, especially because they can play endlessly. So somebody who can't keep up with that animal might want to look for maybe a sensory animal or an energetic animal, a little bit mellower. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.